A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. I know a lot of people have thought about taking that trip of their dreams and combining it with a great sporting event. Well, now there's a company that can help you make those dreams a reality. I'm talking about Atlanta Sports Trips, which is up and running, and it's my personal passion project. My goal was to come up with a plan where we could put together four- and five-star luxury travel with all the games you would like to see in person with meet-and-greets, player interaction, tailgates, food, great drinks, You name it, you want the whole process done for you, that's where Atlanta Sports Trips will come into play. You can check out the website at atlsportstrips.com. On the website, you will see three trips up and available for you right now. A Bravos playoff trip in October. Wherever the world champs go, that's where we're going to follow with hotel, game tickets, a meet and greet. Everything taken care of for you, and all you need to do is place a $99 fully refundable deposit. If the games and the trip don't happen, you will get that deposit refunded to you. We've also got a Georgia-Kentucky trip available for late November that's going to include game tickets, a distillery tour, a meet-and-greet, tailgates. Again, a $99 deposit, fully refundable before September 30th, is waiting for you at Atlanta Sports Trips. You can go to the website atlsportstrips.com to make that deposit today. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. I would be Matt or Matlana. I didn't give myself the nickname. I earned the nickname. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. All right, as George prepares for one of the biggest home games Athens has seen in many a day, we welcome in the host of Dog Nation Daily, friend, pal, confidant, Brandon Adams is kind enough to join us on this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. Mr. Brandon, it's now as we record this on Monday, we've been talking. Your game face is already on, and I'm just a little bit worried about you peaking too early in the week. Oh, there's always a chance I could peak too early. I could fall flat on my face by Wednesday. There's, there's definitely a chance that could occur. But, you know, there aren't many days like this where I think that you anticipate a game as much as I'm already anticipating this one. I think Georgia fans are already anticipating it. I mean, I think it's just measurably the biggest home game that Georgia's ever had. I'm talking about even before I was born. And, you know, there are not a lot of regular season moments in recent years of any kind that have kind of matched what this is going to be. And I think that the the hype is kind of only just now starting to build. I think it's going to be even more substantial by the time you get to game time. It's interesting, right? So I saw the note that there have only been two other matchups of top five teams to play in Athens, which, I mean, it's not a normal thing to see two top fives, but you would think just based on the SEC's history, that would have happened more, which, to your point, adds even more hype and, and build up to the game. Compare this now. Georgia's been very fortunate. The fans have gotten a chance to travel to, to playoff games and to a national championship. Give me the like the hype put in perspective compared to those moments or SEC championships because this game carries a ton of weight with it. So here's why I think it's interesting. And you've been doing this for a long time. You kind of know the history. So what if you and I took turns saying, hey, let's think of big things that have happened for Georgia. We could go back and forth, hobnail boot or the takeover in Notre Dame, Dog Nation Invasion in 2017 or the national championship. 
we could go back and forth naming big moments that have taken place while we've been working or even kind of before that when we were growing up. For whatever reason, this is just kind of a weird anomaly. Almost all of those things happened somewhere else other than Athens. It happened, whether it be in South Bend or Knoxville or whatever else. It's just a weird coincidence that if you and I were then to say, okay, let's talk about the five biggest things that have happened in Sanford Stadium. Even for someone like me who's lived this my entire life and someone like you who knows the history really well, we're going to start straining a little bit to have the five biggest moments in Sanford Stadium history. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just kind of a weird uh, coincidence that Georgia's had huge moments, the biggest moments that have taken place outside of Athens. So that's what this has a chance to be, the kind of historic day that everybody remembers. You know, the last top five match, as you said, there have only been two. The last one took place in 1983. That's a long time ago. And the one before that was 1942. So, it's just unusual to think that there have been so few days of this kind of magnitude, uh, but obviously, you know, this one's even bigger than those because it is in very, you know, a very strong possibility, at least based on the eight people, maybe even the playoff hole there as well, of a, like a one versus two type deal. I mean, that's just as big as it gets. Well, I would add to it, uh, Brandon, it almost, it's like a bonus because in a lot of cases you could look at a schedule and if it's an out-of-conference you know, you've got a uh, Notre Dame coming in or, or look down the road, and if it's an Oklahoma coming in, you can circle that. Nobody saw this coming. Even at the beginning of the year, as there were some thoughts that Tennessee might be better, nobody in a million years would have predicted they would be this good, the game would have this kind of impact, uh, the two offenses would be as fun as they are. It's like it's, it's sort of a, a perfect storm all coming together. Well, I think, and I'm sure this has probably come up on your show, and it's probably come up on my show too over the years, I think a lot of people wondered if Tennessee would ever be good again at all because when you have unsuccessful coaches like three in a row or whatever it was they had, when you don't really have like fertile soil for recruiting, I think you kind of wonder, well, is Tennessee going to go the way of Nebraska, one of these former powers that just couldn't ever you know, build it back again? And i got to tell you, when they hired Josh Heupel, I just flat out didn't think Heupel was a very good hire. To me, you, know, you hired Danny White as AD and – you know, obviously Heupel had worked with him at UCF. It sort of felt like, is this the only coach he has a cell phone number for? Like, you're just hiring the guy at your old job? And he was better in year one than I thought he would be. And i got to give him credit, Matt. Right now, Tennessee has proven something to me. that I've told Georgia fans this. You know, you can't expect Saturday to be one of these games where Tennessee comes in, falls flat on its face, and just wilts under the moment. I don't think you can expect them to give it to you. you know, they got blown out by Alabama a year ago. They won that game this year. Uh, last year against Kentucky was like 45-42, whatever it was. It was 40-something-to-6 on, on Saturday. They're you know, losing record against the spread at home last year. They're 5-1 and one against the spread at home this year. They won on the road as well, you know, pretty convincingly against LSU. This is a Tennessee team that I think maybe even begrudgingly, but nonetheless has – earned my respect and probably should have earned everyone's respect. I think this is legitimately a good team and it's probably a, a, a better Tennessee team quicker than almost anyone could have assumed it would have been. I would agree. And I would add it's a good team, but it's an elite offense. So it's one of the mm -hmm. rare times that I think the best unit on the field will not be wearing red and black. I just, that's how much respect I have for the Tennessee offense, the way Hendon Hooker is playing, the depth of those wide receivers, the play calling of Tennessee's offense. Like, I, I think that's the best of the units that will be on the field in Athens on Saturday. Well, now, I'll tell you this, too. Going back to last year, this is like before the season began last year. You know, talking to some smart people who know some SEC coaches, you know, kind of people who know people type of thing. And there were a lot of, like, SEC coaching types last year that were saying, 
ooh, it's going to be fun to watch Josh Heupel's offense go up against Kirby Smart's defense. And this is more along the lines of, you know, no one thinking Tennessee is very good back then, just the kind of tough opponent. And Kirby's even kind of compared this to what it used to be like when you're facing the triple option at the end of the year against Georgia Tech. Like, smart people will tell you that Tennessee really does do it differently because of how fast they play. They're snapping the ball sometimes like 16 seconds in between plays. That's really, really fast. And how wide they spread you out. And they put receivers on the other side of the numbers. Just visually, you don't see that from very many teams. And I think there were some SEC coaches last year before the season began that said, oh, that's going to be interesting to have that in the SEC East. Every year you have to take on this offense that just does it differently than most people do. So it's not just the success that Tennessee's had. They've had it. But I think that people who know more about X's and O's than I do will say that schematically it forces you uh, to do some things that are just different. I mean, look at Jalen Hyatt's touchdowns. Man, I've never seen a guy. He's wide open. Yep. The Alabama game, the Kentucky game. I don't know how it is that he's the only guy on the TV screen, but there's not anybody within 10 yards of him on some of these catches that he's getting. So clearly they're drawing it up pretty well because people know that he's good, and yet he's still you know, getting this amazing amount of green grass all around him. So we took the plunge, yes, at the Chernoff house. The big renovations are going on, so – it comes down to making the right choices when you want to do some of these renovation projects. And for us, when it came down to flooring and carpet, we wanted to work with a great local company that we know could get the job done. That's why we turned to Peachwood Floor Coverings. I got a chance to meet Ryan Cornell and the great folks from Peachwood. When I say meet them, we got in touch with Ryan. 48 hours later, they came out to our home to start setting up measurements and looking at potential options for flooring and carpeting choices. It was beautiful. I love the process. It was just that easy. And right now, the process can be that easy for you. If you go to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, you can schedule a consultation. They'll come out to your home. And all this month, if you mention Matt, that's the promo code Matt, they're going to save you 10% on that flooring or carpet installation that you've always wanted. You want it easy, you want the process done quickly, and you want it to look beautiful. We're getting all that done with Peachwood Floor Coverings. Again, go online to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, or you can call them at 678 Nine three five six nine zero one. Peachwood Floor Coverings, big company quality, small company services. Home field advantage exists in baseball. Insurance too. Your local trusted choice independent insurance agents are active members of your community. They'll always have your back. Find a local auto, home, or business insurance agent at trustedchoice.com. Folks, you just heard from Smoltzy and you heard it from me as well. Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are my trusted choice for insurance agents. They've been my agent for a long time and they serve all of Metro Atlanta. To get up to 10 auto insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes, visit roads-group.com slash churnoff today. That's roads-group.com slash churnoff. It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. I hope you'll go see my friend Sean Daly. That's, get it, the Daily Draft. This is the ultimate sports bar experience. So as the football playoffs near, and then baseball's around the corner, knock on wood, and all the fun springtime things that will happen in Atlanta, you're going to want to enjoy it at the Daily Draft. It's downtown Woodstock on Main Street. What you're going to find, a craft beer bar, self-serve taps, uh, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie-sized screen with a front-row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games. A chef-inspired menu with soup, salad, sandwiches, flatbreads, uh, you name it, they have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night, or a date night. 
But dailydraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights like Trivia Night, Kids Eat Free Night, and more. TheDailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love the Daily Draft. So let's talk about some of the matchup stuff because it's, you're right, the pressure they put on on everybody's defense. I mean, it goes without saying they've been successful. Uh, news came out on Monday from Kirby Smart at his press conference that Nolan Smith, who left the Florida game early, listed as doubtful. It sounded like it would be a long shot for Nolan to play if he can't. How does Georgia fill that spot? Well, I thought that Jim Nagy, who's like the leader of the senior bowl, I thought he had a good tweet the other day where he kind of compared Nolan to Trayvon Walker a year ago. Not to say that Nolan's going to be the number one overall pick, but just simply pointing out that Trayvon became number one overall pick without having a whole lot of big-time staff. And I think that kind of speaks to Nolan's importance to Georgia that I think the Georgia coaching staff throughout his entire career has felt like Nolan was a very effective player in their system, despite the fact that he wasn't putting up the kind of stats that a number one overall, I should say a former number one overall crude uh, would probably be putting up. So his loss is substantial. And you can say, we're going to put Robert Beal on the field more. You're going to put Chas Chambers on the field more. You know, some of the things that you saw on Saturday against Florida. But the fact of the matter is there's a level of leadership and on field presence that can't be replaced here, which is mean you're going to have to lean even more on, kind of what you do well. You know, Javon Dumas-Johnson, the inside linebacker spot, completely different position, but that's a guy who's becoming a pivotal player. I thought that Jalen Carter against Florida played way more than I ever thought he would, and frankly was way more effective than I ever thought he could be. You hope that's a precursor even more uh, on on this game there too. So, you know, you're not going to replace Nolan with another outside linebacker, although you'll put a different outside linebacker on the field. But some of your areas which you do have strengths, you better hope they are at their very strongest uh, because, you know, clearly the absence of Smith is just it's, it's going to be felt. Well, I, I, and you add now, you start, you know, like the dominoes start to fall, right? You're right about Nolan's his playmaking ability, but the leadership of Nolan Smith is a big deal. The Dan Jackson injury, now you stack those together. Even when 100% healthy, and I don't mean this, Brandon, as any disrespect to Georgia's defense because I think the world of them, I just think you have to accept that Tennessee's going to have success offensively to some degree. I don't know what that means points-wise or yardage-wise, but they're too good to be completely slowed down. So then what is Georgia's recourse? Like you said, I, I thought it was a great sign to see Jalen Carter on Saturday look as effective. That's a very big deal. I'm, I'm always one, and this is, I mean, this is pretty just typical that if you're going to get pressure on on a quarterback like Hendon Hooker you've got to do it up the middle you've got to force him not that he can't run but I always think a a quarterback has no problem stepping up into the pocket and then a guy like Hooker can take off and run if Carter can be successful and I know it's not something they've tried a ton would you think a Jalen Carter Bear Bear Alexander kind of thing together to see if they couldn't push some of that pocket up the middle might be one of the best opportunities for them well, I agree with you. I think that Georgia has been good with pressure up the middle and uh, going back to last year, I'm talking about. And with Carter, you know, he showed you some of that on Saturday where I thought they were kind of getting closer on Richardson. Finally got a couple of sacks late in the game, but getting closer on him they have for the most part this season. There's just been this debate that's been going on all year long of, you know, are sacks overrated? And if you're getting pressure consistently, which some stats would say that Georgia is, is that just as good? I think in a game like this, it's not. I think you have to have some negative plays because Tennessee will strike big on you. And so if they get the big explosive, then you better be able to match that with your own negative play. Or if you just want to think about this on kind of a per-play average for what Tennessee is doing throughout the game, 
you better make sure you're putting a few negative plays in there because that's just a little bit more field they have to regain to, to march towards what could be a scoring drive. That the One of the things that Georgia did a year ago, and I'll try to make this a thing, but it's, I think it's an important point, is that Georgia statistically last year was not wildly different than some of their previous defenses had been. If you look at yards per play allowed on the ground, through the air, even points allowed, Georgia last year wasn't that different like what they were in 2019. But the 2019 defense was not a championship team. They got blasted by LSU in the SEC championship. And the ultimate difference is that team in 2019 could not, did not get after quarterbacks. Last year, the big differentiator for Georgia was they had 49 sacks in 15 games. They're not that kind of pass rush right now. But they better find some version of that on Saturday. Get Hooker to the ground, create some negative plays, tackles for loss. That counts too. That's fine on all this there as well. But that's the one thing that Georgia did such a stellar job of last year. And the biggest difference in this year's defense is right now they're just not doing that. I want to talk about Georgia's offense in a moment, the pressure that they can apply on Saturday. But I thought it was interesting, Brandon, to see Kirby Smart tweet the impact that he needs from the crowd and how much he wants to see them make a difference. Um, I think it's going to be a great crowd. The question is how much can they impact the game when it comes to fall, you know, uh, forcing a false start, doing some of those things. I mean, what we saw a few weeks ago in Neyland, that Tennessee crowd against Alabama, that was, at least on TV, that looked like one of the best, oh, my God, look at that crowd kind of intensity things I have seen. How do you think Georgia's will compare on Saturday? Yeah, I'm expecting it to match that uh, challenge and, and rise the occasion. You know, I'll go back to last year's Arkansas game where it's a noon start. You know how hard it is to get fans up for a noon start and, and be loud and, and aggressive. But Kirby Smart, after that game a year ago, he said he credited the team, the, the fans, I should say, with 10 points there in that game because of how intense it was at the beginning of it. And so I'm really quite confident that it is going to be that kind of day and it will be impactful. You know, frankly, I think, in recent years, you don't always get a chance to show it because Georgia hasn't always played a lot of big-time home games. We talked about that a little earlier. But I think in recent years, I think the Georgia crowd has really stepped up in a big way. And obviously, you'd expect it to because Georgia's got a very good team and the fans want to support them. But um, I have zero doubt at all that this will be everything that Kirby Smart wants it to be. I think back to, like, say 2004 LSU when they were the defending national champion or 2013 LSU in that kind of crazy shootout game that Georgia won. Those are kind of some of the high watermarks for fan performance, obviously the 2019 Notre Dame game. And I have zero doubt that this game, the performance by the fans, no matter what the final outcome is, but the performance by the fans, I think, will end up at the top of that list. I have very little concern about that. I think the offense and their approach is going to be fascinating, right? Georgia's not a counterpuncher. They dictate what happens in games because their talent is that good. And I think Todd Munkin has, has dialed up some beauties this year in getting – so many different pieces of that offense involved. But as we talked about earlier, Tennessee plays at a pace that once they get going, boy, they can keep you on your heels and you don't get a chance to substitute and you want the game to slow down. Is there any chance that Georgia leans a little bit heavier on the run game this week to give the defense a break, to kind of dictate, to kind of lean on Tennessee? Is that a possibility? Well, I think that Georgia has been playing better offensively the last couple of weeks because they have been running it more. And this is something that, I think it's really important. You go back to the Oregon game to begin the season. Georgia won that 49-3, to but ultimately that was a ton of passing and very little running. And as, I guess, interesting as it was to see them doing it there that day, that's not really a movable feast. That's not the kind of thing that you're going to take with you week to week. That Georgia, when you have some through the air, obviously getting Brock Bowers involved, and then some through the ground, that's really the recipe of – 
what Georgia needs to be doing. They're averaging right now pretty close to 42 points per game, and doing more of that on the ground is the way I believe you sustain that. If you want to go back to last year's national championship, this is actually the one area last year where I thought Georgia kind of left something to be desired and had a chance to improve that this year was on the ground. Georgia actually threw it last year better than it ever had. It had far more passing plays of 10 or more yards than it had rushing plays of 10 or more yards. They had a chance to be better on the ground this year, and I think maybe they're on their way uh, to doing that. But you don't want to come out here against Tennessee or really anybody and you know throw it 8 million times. I think that you do if you're Georgia – want to find something on the ground this year it actually took them a little while to find that but i think with edwards and mcintosh they're kind of finding that right now and that's something something that i do think should be a big part of the recipe on saturday not just because you're trying to keep the tennessee offense off the field although that's a a fun byproduct of this but because that is george at its most effective when it's kind of throwing punches with both hands so we took the plunge, yes, at the Chernoff house. The big renovations are going on. So it comes down to making the right choices when you want to do some of these renovation projects. And for us, when it came down to flooring and carpet, we wanted to work with a great local company that we know could get the job done. That's why we turned to Peachwood Floor Coverings. I got a chance to meet Ryan Cornell and the great folks from Peachwood. When I say meet them, we got in touch with Ryan. 48 hours later, they came out to our home to start setting up measurements and looking at potential options for flooring and carpeting choices, it was beautiful. I love the process. It was just that easy. And right now, the process can be that easy for you. If you go to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, you can schedule a consultation. They'll come out to your home. And all this month, if you mention Matt, that's the promo code Matt, they're going to save you 10% on that flooring or carpet installation that you've always wanted. You want it easy, you want the process done quickly, and you want it to look beautiful. We're getting all that done with Peachwood Floor Coverings. Again, go online to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, or you can call them at 678-935-6901. Peachwood Floor Coverings, big company quality, small company services. Hey, are you tired of shopping your car and home insurance every single year? Well, somebody's got to do it. But that somebody doesn't have to be you. At the Rose Group, we can get you up to 10 insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes. Visit us online today at rose-group.com. It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. I hope you'll go see my friend Sean Daly. That's, get it, the Daily Draft. This is the ultimate sports bar experience. So as the football playoffs near and then baseball's around the corner, knock on wood and all the fun springtime things that will happen in atlanta you're going to want to enjoy it at the daily draft it's downtown woodstock on main street what you're going to find a craft beer bar self-serve taps uh, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game and when i say a big screen they have a movie size screen with a front row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games a chef inspired menu with soup salad sandwiches flatbreads uh, you name it they have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family a boys night or a date night the dailydraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights like trivia night kids eat free night and more the dailydraft.net go find them downtown woodstock on main street tell them matt sent you you'll love the daily draft uh, from a gambling aspect, I saw the line. It opened up as a double-digit Georgia favorite, and it's now, as we talk again Monday, it was at 8.5. Did that surprise you how much Georgia was sitting at that number? Was it supposed to be a little closer? How do you think Vegas hasn't handicapped it? 
Well, not to get too deep in the weeds on this, but you kind of know how this works. When you're looking at look-ahead lines a couple of weeks in advance, those are low-limit bets. You can't right. bet a huge number on a look-ahead line, and that's why sometimes you'll see a pretty dramatic change the moment you get week up because the, the, the limits are, ju- are just raised. So not a surprise that the line changed a little bit from where it was, but I think it's just important to note here that no matter what the – kind of mainstream chatter is the people that put their money where their mouth is still see a lot to like about Georgia. Tennessee's a little bit of a Johnny come lately in terms of people have gotten very interested in them very fast. I understand why that's the case, but the people who are more objective, the people who are more 10,000 foot view and kind of, you know, more likely to, I guess, change their mind slowly here are not really evolving too much as it relates to Georgia. And for fans who don't care about the gambling part of it, who just want to see the dogs win, I think you ought to take that as a pretty good sign. You know, look at Saturday's game where Georgia was a 22-and-a-half-point favorite, and that game went round and round in circles for a while, and Georgia won by 22. Like, these people are not drawing these numbers out of a hat. They're, you know, setting these lines for a reason. And if you're a Georgia fan and all you care about is just seeing your team get a win, the fact that Vegas is on your side, I think you ought to take probably a little comfort in that. All right, let's finish up by talking about the implications on both sides. On the Georgia side, if they win – they control everything they want in the East, and then there's always the – if we do stumble in the SEC title game, you've got a, an Oregon win, a Tennessee win, even a, a decent enough South Carolina win, some good li- uh, wins to line up. Would this be the game that gives them a little wiggle room that they'd still make the playoff no matter what happened in Atlanta? Yeah, I think that's probably the case. But I guess the wildest scenario is this. So Georgia wins on Saturday. Let's say it's a close game. Well, at that point in time, Tennessee could run the table, be 11-1 and one and say – the only team we lost to was the reigning national champs in their own stadium who's back in the playoff again. That'd be an argument for them. But what if Alabama also beat Georgia in, the, in kind of a close game in the SEC title game? You know, how do you kind of sift through the potential implications of all three of these SEC teams feeling like they have an argument? That could get kind of interesting. You know, it, maybe they make it simple and just put Bama and Georgia back in. But if I'm Tennessee and my only loss is close at Georgia – you better believe I'm going to go horse yelling for myself on that. And I think that Tennessee might have a pretty, you know, convincing, you know, case whether or not the committee listens to it or not. But you're right for Georgia. If you get this win, then you know you put yourself in that position to once again be a heavy part of the playoff conversation, whether you win the SEC or not. And part of that's also due Matt to the fact that, I mean, the best I can tell, there are probably only seven teams currently alive for the playoff. There's two Big Ten yep. teams. There's yep. three SEC teams. Uh, Clemson, TCU, and that's that's it. And uh, I think TCU you know, always needs some chaos to really be in that. Right, right. Yeah, that, that may be a stretch, but they have played a nice streak of ranked teams here the last few weeks and done well in doing so. But I think you're right. That's probably still a little bit of a stretch. But even if you stretch it as much as your imagination will allow, that's just seven teams in the discussion. So that's partially why a win on Saturday would be so helpful for Georgia's because they would kind of differentiate themselves in what is already a pretty narrow conversation. See, I think the winner Saturday is in a great spot. I think the loser, as you mentioned, and I think said it perfectly, this might be the time where there's a fifth team who has a real great stake. Like if Clemson goes undefeated and wins the ACC, as much as I don't love that team, they're going to get the nod and get a bid. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, whichever ends up coming out of the Big Ten, they're going to get the other one. So now you're talking about two spots and there's going to be somebody legitimately upset whether it's Tennessee who maybe only has a close loss to Georgia or Georgia who slips up against Tennessee. If Bama comes back and figure out – remember, they only lost by three to Tennessee. Well, they're far from perfect. If they were to win the SEC, 
the loser of Saturday will have a great beef, but I don't know if they're going to have a numbers game to work out for them. Okay, so I'm just thinking out loud here, and so maybe I'm not thinking correctly, but am I right in saying this, that a loss for Tennessee does not really eliminate it in playoff consideration, but if Georgia were to lose, that could really be I mean, that could be a fatal blow to its playoff hopes, right? You lost at home. You're not going to win the East. I mean, I could see Georgia 11-1 and excluded as a non-division winner if we were to lose. But Tennessee, maybe because it's on the road, because they've already beaten Alabama, that they would have a better argument on the heels of a loss to make the playoff. Am I, am I wrong for saying I don't that? Think I, I don't think that's crazy at all. Mind? No, like depending on how the SEC title game would look, I don't think it's that nuts at all. Like if it's a – Bama beats a Georgia, for instance. I don't know, pick a dumb score, thirty-four, thirty-one at the Horn. I still think Georgia would get the would get the head-to-head over Tennessee, and they would go. But strange enough, things have happened that the loser of this game just puts themselves at the mercy of the committee when it's all said and done. And then, of course, keep in mind, you know, Georgia will be a prohibitive favorite, but it does have to go on the road in the next two games after this. At Mississippi State, the one we've kind of always had circled is maybe the toughest game that Georgia's going to play. And that's still a pretty tricky spot, even after what we've learned so far this year. And then at Kentucky's, that's a place that Georgia's, you know, failed to cover. Uh, uh, you know, last time it was there, you know, I think they failed to cover three times in a row against Kentucky overall. So that game could be slightly closer. So even if Georgia wins on Saturday, they're still going to have to, you know, kind of put their big boy pants on and be ready to play a couple of tough road games after that. It's going to be fascinating. Can't wait for Saturday again. Uh, as we talk on Monday, your game face is on. I just don't want you to, uh, like, by Thursday morning realized you've peaked and now you've got another 48 hours to figure out what you're going to do to pick up the pieces. Well, even if I eventually fall flat, maybe the team itself will uh, stay focused, which is what probably matters <laughs> more than anything else. That's all that matters. Uh, everybody check out Brandon Adams, Dog Nation Daily. If you're a Georgia fan, you already probably know about the pod, but if you don't, check it out. Tell them where they can find it, both the audio and video. Well, obviously, uh, at Dog Nation Daily on Twitter, and then, of course, uh, Dog Nation on YouTube, Dog Nation on Facebook, DogNation.com. We try to make the show as available as we possibly can, so hopefully hopefully you've seen it on some feeds you have somewhere. Uh, you can't, I can't escape you. Everywhere I look, it's either <laughs> family photos or there's Brandon Adams staring at me. Good to talk to you, my friend. Have a great week, and uh, it should be fun on Saturday. It is a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, so much for taking the time to listen to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. Thanks to our producer, Matt Lear, for his assistance with the program. He's the glue that keeps the operation running. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Atlanta. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. 
That's why companies that use Horizon background screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com.